Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. Hey Moose. Hey Cat. How are you today on this fine Sunday morning that we're recording? Well, I am doing fine. I have laughed so hard today that I think I I ear repaired my hernia. <laughs> And I've cried today so hard that it made my eyes bloodshot. And um, I've also read um, like three chapters of a new book that I'm reading. So I'm doing fantastic. (laughs) Hey, it sounds like you're on Christmas vacation again. (laughs) Yeah, I wish I was. (laughs) How's your day been, Moose? Uh, It's been good. Honestly, I... I am such a fan of the four day work week. Um, and I don't know if you saw, but this week, uh, one of the tech giants, I don't know if they're giants, one of the tech companies out in California, um, said that they are, they are starting the four day work week. And we've not had a major, major company in our, um, United States of America do that. So I'm excited because I am always preaching it. I think four days is plenty. I, I believe if you give anyone, some constraints that are reasonable, they can get work done within that. And with that said, I want one more day of this weekend, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't work like that. Yeah. I would like another day of this weekend too. And I don't know who the tech giant or semi giant is you're talking about. Um, It just makes me really glad that um, we Americans are starting to catch up with Europe. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we need to, we need to bring in the siestas as well yes. from Spain. Yes, siestas during the four-day work week. I am totally for that. Me too. Okay. Okay, so I need to share something with you guys really quickly. Um, these are my notes. Don't read ahead. And I need to show you this right here. What can you see? Uh, just your... Notes. Your notes. Oh, don't read my notes, oh, I said. Uh, well, I mean, it's just the first thing that popped up in front of me. I mean... Well, how the hell do I get out of this? I... <laughs> Inner child work. Stop <gasps> it. Okay, do not read ahead. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I saw my name and the words cat shit. <laughs> and I know what that's about. <sighs> this is why I don't share my notes. Okay, share screen. <laughs> I actually want this. Okay, patrons. Here we go. I have seen this before. Kat, have you seen this before? No, dear God, what is that? Read it, Kat. Read it, Kat. During the 1930s, baby cages were mesh cages suspended from apartment windows, commonly used to ensure children living in city apartment buildings were getting enough <laughs> fresh air and sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have seen this for cats before. Is that for real? Yes. It's for real. Is it for real just because it's on the internet? No, that was a thing. That's an actual picture. Baby cages. They wanted them to get enough sunlight. I mean. That is crazy. I've seen. I'm with you, Sarah. I've seen the plastic boxes for cats, but this is not a plastic box. It's basically fencing. Yeah. And it doesn't look like it's safe. So my next question (laughs) Is were there any fatalities? I'm sure of due it. to these baby cages. I'm gonna look it up. I, I would like to call that a catio. 
And babies do not belong in catios. Catio. Okay. No injuries or deaths ever reported from baby cages. What? That's amazing. It, it says he wrote of the importance of airing out babies in his book, The Care and Feeding of Children. I mean, I do agree. Everybody needs sunlight and fresh air. Yes. Right. I, I agree with that, too. But walk your ass out of your apartment with your child and go to the park. I mean, I kind of want one. Look at all the pictures. Oh, my gosh. Only patrons are getting this, you guys. The other people don't have access to the Internet. So good job, patrons. I mean, I can't. I really can't fathom that that is real. (laughs) What? And there were no injuries or fatalities for airing out your children. Oh, my gosh. There's this tiny part of me, and and I'm, I'm working really hard on becoming my true self and not being my false self. It's something that I just started reading about. And thanks to my bodywork therapist, I'm on this journey that makes me want to poke my own eyes out. Um, I, 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 there's a tiny part of me that authentically thinks this is kind of a cool idea. Well, great. I mean, I'm not saying it is a bad idea. It oh. was more shocking because <laughs> he, he, here's where I'm at. Okay. So the 1930s, the baby's this is what they were doing with the babies. So let's look at historical. I don't know history, but let's just guess. The Wizard of Oz came out in 1939. Thank you, Jen. Exactly. That's right. Babies love the Wizard of Oz. So these babies were born in the 20s and 30s, right? Which makes a lot of sense because one of my grandmothers, I'm convinced everyone has a nice grandma and a mean grandma. The mm. mean one God bless her soul. Please protect me, Lord. Um, <laughs> I could see wanting to put her out on a catio <laughs> if she was screaming. I mean, think about yeah, it. If they've yeah. got colic or something, like yeah. throw them out on the catio, <laughs> close the door, give them some fresh air. Golly. Could you imagine just walking by that that uh, building and you look up and you're like, is that a baby screaming up there? No, multiple babies. I mean, they all had them. Wait, so like, oh, so it was like a thing where like multiple apartments in the same con. I mean, I guess it would be, right? Right. Sure. Wow. Katia's. Wow. Well, this is really a great way to start off the podcast, Moose. Thank you so much for bringing some shock value to us. <laughs> well, I wasn't going for shock value. I'm always looking for ways that my trauma is less than someone else's. <laughs> <laughs> Deferred trauma. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but if you were born in the 20s or 30s, um, I get it. Like you have a reason to feel traumatized in your life if yes. you were stuck on a catio. Yes. And and I am reading, this is a great segue for me to talk about the new book that I'm reading. I am reading a book that's called The Big Red Book. Are you familiar with it? No. Okay. The Big Red Book is the book that is associated with the organization called Adult Children of Alcoholics and Dysfunctional Families. Oh, I think it's mm. on my shelf somewhere. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I have been recommended this book by my bodywork therapist, and um, I'm I'm in the the phase of reading it where I feel very mad at her. Like I wish she hadn't have introduced it to me because I'm questioning everything about my life. Um, one of the things that it speaks of in the beginning of the book is how um, because of trauma at a young age we have run away from our true selves into our false selves. So we have basically like put on a costume of our false selves 
um, and become what we think the world wants us to be or what we, what we do that, that makes us exist and be safe in the world. And we have lost our identity as our true self. And so this is a fantastic literal example of how these people that were basically put out in catios in the 1930s, <laughs> like you guys, your trauma is real. It's real. And I hope that before we are 100 years old, that we can find our true inner selves. Oh, I thought you were going to well, say. Well, what we need to find is our catio. That's what I represents- thought you were going to say. I hope we can find our catio. <laughs> I thought that too. I thought you were going to say we all must find our own inner catio. <laughs> We all must find our catio. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I wonder if any of our listeners had parents or family members who had such a thing. If they do, I want to interview them. That is my point. Yeah, we want your stories. Like we've got, we've got interviews. Wow, us. Uh, can we just talk about our listener interviews for a second? Like they're so amazing. Like the last one yeah. we just did was with Amanda Hooten. She was awesome, and we have a whole lot more planned for you guys that are coming your way. Um, I'm going to just tell you if you or someone you know experienced a catio in real life <laughs> and are willing to talk about it with us, we will move you ahead of the pack. That's true. In the cat and moose interview series, because like we must, we must hear about this experience. I wonder though, if they were babies, if they remember it or there were a few pictures when I looked at Google images though, of like four or five year olds, it was a taller catio. (laughs) Well, I would like uh, Sarah for you to tell the story of our recent trip back from Colorado. Mm -hmm. You had a traumatic experience inside of a bathroom. Oh, my God. Oh, you're going to remember this. Oh, I remember. Okay. I want to say my piece of it. I walked into the bathroom. You had already gone inside and you were coming out of a stall and you said you have to come here, which is never a good sign. (laughs) Never. I mean, it could mean an array of things. It really could. It could mean that you did something in there that you want to show me, which is messed up. I wouldn't do that. It means that... There is the infamous gas station explosions, which I still don't know how to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but that's not what either of those things were. And I was nervous going like, what am I about to see? Right. And can you give your experience of what you saw? Yes, absolutely. And unfortunately, neither of us had our phones with us in order to document this <laughs> properly. Um, so I went to the bathroom bathrooms in a convenience store during COVID are always scary in and of itself. Uh, And so I did my business, came out, and right when Moose was walking towards me, I did say, you have to come see this. (laughs) And so I brought her into the stall that I was just in and pointed at, there was a small trash can next to the toilet. And on the lid of the trash can was a very small white thing. And as you look closer, it is a damn human tooth <laughs> what what no uh, yeah no it was an adult tooth whole one whole molar a molar had broken off and just they just set it on top of the <laughs> trash can for the rest of the world to see what okay 
Okay, you know what? And this reminds me, I believe this was this time last year when we came back and I had found a decapitated duck in my dog's mouth. <laughs> a duck head, a full duck head that was frozen. The, the head of a duck. And you thought it was a piece of chicken. God bless it all. Are you serious? Like, what is wrong with someone? Why not throw it in the trash can? Who leaves it on display? Wow. I think someone who was cleaning that bathroom found it. And that was the best part of their day. Yes. And and they were like, I just found a molar. I'm going to freak every mofo out that comes into this yep. bathroom today by setting it on the actual yep. garbage can. It, it, it's like that mentality of like lost and found. Like you're, you're let's just say we're walking through a theme park and someone dropped like a glove or like a pacifier. Like someone picks it up and sets it on like the, the edge of something yeah. Yeah. like why you're, not just throw that away? No one is coming back for that damn pacifier or your tooth. <laughs> yeah. Here, here I would, I would like to rationalize what is going on here. Okay, please. So <sighs> it is everyone's dream to be a topic of discussion on the cat and moose podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I am envisioning convenience store worker, and I wish we knew your name. Write in. Tell us who you are because you are famous now. Um, I think that this person thought, I think that Cat and Moose and producer Sarah would definitely talk about this if they saw it. And I think yeah. that they intentionally put the human adult molar tooth on oh. top of the lid of the trash can. And they were like, you know what? Like part of my life, I don't fully enjoy because I have to clean the restroom at a convenience store. All right. The other part of my life listening to the cat and moose podcast is a delight to me and being featured on it is going to make my day even that much better. It's the only way right. that this is a rational thing. I have a question. The thing that scares me even more is that that person knew that we were coming to their convenience store on our way home at that exact time and moment and day. How would they know that? I mean, Siri. Because we have Alexa in our house. Alexa. Yeah. I am afraid of Alexa. <laughs> well, you're the one that keeps buying the speakers. No, no, it's no. like, you know what? I'm afraid of them. Ever. But let me make sure even never. if I'm taking a shit that they can hear me. I have never purchased an Alexa speaker. Right. She doesn't want you to hear her. I like she doesn't want, want you, you to, to know. Hi, I am lurking. I am listening. Siri is the same way. Siri's doing totally. enough. Yeah. It, it, it's okay. like, it, Sarah, that's exactly what happened. You have Thank been you. found out. God I bless agree. it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to your moment in the sun. Thank you. God. Receiving over. Okay. So I have been reading um one of our favorites that we talk about on the podcast a lot is uh nicole Sachs, who is um a licensed social worker i think on instagram and we often reference her quotes and this and that so i wanted to read this because i've been diving into some inner child work as of late mm. um so one of the things that she said here is the reason your triggers sting so badly is there's a little kid in there who's not been properly heard. Hmm. And I wanted to read uh, kind of her explanation of this. She said, our unfelt pain is driving our reactions to life. I know I say this constantly, but the inner child unheard is the driving force of our interactions. 
If we weren't listened to, we overshare. If we were ignored, we overdo it. If we were shut out, we leave people before they leave us. And on and on. So often this just becomes the way we are. And we lament this with friends and therapists, but find it so hard to change. Inner child work is the ticket to freedom. Once we properly hear these lost, sad, angry, and terrified kids, they are free to stop running the show. And you will feel it viscerally. You can change your reactions to life. You have so much more power than you realize to take back your joy. Again, you can follow her. I love her. Nicole Sachs, LCSW on Instagram. But it made me kind of dive in, you guys, around inner child work. And um, and I was there's all these like worksheets on Google and, and all the stuff. And that's really the hardest. Like I can often experience like my inner child when my therapist has me do experiential stuff mm-hmm. um, where she has me kind of go back and encounter her as an adult. And she's usually hiding under a dining room table, which is sad, but also makes a lot of sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So one of the things that I would love for you guys to answer with me, and this isn't going to be a long little thing. I just, I want everyone listening to think about this too. One of the things they suggest just getting in touch with your inner child is thinking about something that you loved doing as a child. And I don't want you to think about what other people said you enjoy doing, but something you remember really love doing as like that somewhere between like four to 10 years old. Was there something that brought you guys joy? And I would love for each of you to tell me about it. I can immediately tell you what my thing is. Um, I, I am back in my aunt Mary max. Um, I think it was a Datsun Z 80 or something like that. It was a little sports car, two seater sports car. Well, it might've had four seats, but only two doors. Um, anyway, I was sitting in the back of the car and she was playing on what I think at that time was an eight track tape, a Linda Ronstadt song. Um, the song that goes, it's so easy to fall in love. It's so easy to fall in love. Yeah. Yeah. And so my Aunt Mary Mac at that time taught me how many times does she say it's so easy? And I I think the number is eight. The the number is irrelevant. Um, What I loved about that moment is I was like, I am a child in a sports car with a really awesome, cool attractive adult and we are like rocking out to some amazing (laughs) music like that still to this day would make me happy to be right back in that place oh i love that cat okay stay in that zone and sarah i want you to tell yours and then we're gonna do something after we all share okay mine is uh any given summer during that time frame of my life, my dad, my brother and I, uh, my stepmom at the time, uh, and we he had packed up the night before uh, the truck and the trailer and everything we need for our camping gear. And we had to get up real early and everyone packs in the car and everyone gets their respective places in the in the truck. And we make the eight and a half hour drive down to Southern California 
And there's one stop on the way in Bishop, California, which is where you can pee. <laughs> That's great. And we fill up gas and we get lunch all at the same time. That's all you get, which is why I have my problem with when I don't have access to a restroom, I immediately have to go. <laughs> I hold that against my father. Um, so the point is, we are finally pulling in. We've, we've come off the freeway. We've exited the off-ramp and we've turned left and you've gone under the railroad tracks and as soon as you do it's it's like walking into Disneyland for the first time mm. and it was like you know that sign at the top that's like <laughs> leave the the present behind and go into the future and all of this like you are in your world and it's like as soon as we go under these railroad tracks we're free like mm. we are free to do as we like within the confines of this campground and we are set free to do that for a week and it's so fun mm. and we all learned how to ride our bikes there and mm. we're camping right on the ocean and you're with your family and everyone's doing that for a week together every summer mm. and so that is mine mm. that sounds amazing i love it okay stay in that bliss sarah okay okay Mine was every Saturday um, for a certain period of time. I couldn't tell you how long. Um, my mom's friend named Ted, who ran this uh, community cable group, and it was like a TV production group called Cable One. At 5 a.m. on Saturday mornings, he would pick my sister and I up from our house and um, take us to be a part of like this group of people who basically either recorded bowling championships. <laughs> we were actually the, the cameras and everything that would, that would broadcast it live or football games, depending on what part of the season it was. So it was some sort of sport thing, but, but those, those Saturday mornings, my sister and I would wake up at like four and we would watch, um, my sister's going to kill me for not remembering their names. Uh, what was the TV or the movie review guys, Siskel and Ebert. Siskel and Ebert. And we would watch that for an hour while we got ready and waited for um, Ted to pull up his van. And then when he got there, we would go in. Quiet on the set. Camera speed. Sound production, take one. I mean, I was running cameras at like the age of like eight or nine years old. Sound production, That's so cool. So cool. And I learned how to frame things up. And I, like, I just felt like I was a part of something that was bigger than myself. And I absolutely loved it. And then after we would shoot, we would all go to this restaurant and my mom would meet up with us. It was a big group of people and we would eat prime rib sandwiches. Mm. Oh, yes. But I, I'm thinking I'm like 10, eight, 10 years old and I'm dipping prime rib sandwiches after you know, it was like noon by that time. And you're like, I, I just remember the work ethic and all of it. I just mm -hmm. enjoyed it. It felt so exciting to me. Mm. Okay. So I want everyone to be in those moments where you felt like that excitement. The question that we want to ask is, um, what would that child, that child that you are present in right now, is there anything she would say to you now as an adult? First thing that came to mind for me was um, try not to try so hard. Oh, mm. I love that, Sarah. Mine that came up was, why do you have to be so serious? Oh. And sort of the second piece was, 
don't overthink it. You know what you like and what you want. Hmm. Mine is you are super lovable. Hmm. Yeah. So good. Man, that's a great exercise. So true. Man. Like, I think we can easily go back to those moments. And I'm sure there's a million other moments that were like fun and exciting. And, you know, like as a kid, we Mm -mm. don't overthink that shit. Mm. You were just like in the car with your aunt. And Mm -hmm. Sarah, you were like on your favorite vacation every year. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think we have complicated so much by overthinking or not trusting ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think you're right. I think you're right, and I think to to think that I um not only am I worthy to be hanging out with somebody cool and worthy to be listening to awesome music and worthy to be like in like a cool sports car. It's like it's like even today, it's mm-hmm. like yeah, I get to do the cool stuff that I get to do in my life, like, mm. because like, I am awesome. Like, because I am lovable. Like it's, it's, and it's like, uh, we have convoluted it so much. Yeah, we have. Why do we do that? I don't know. But to your point that you're lovable, it's like Mary Mac loved having you next to her experiencing mm-hmm. that. There's mm-hmm. nobody she'd rather I mean, you guys have always connected on music. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's so interesting, too, because you brought her up last week in our episode (laughs) and your conversation with her. And, you know, I see like music has always been a a massive passion of yours. And you work in the music industry like Moose, like you have always been interested in film and TV and podcasting and broadcasting. And you work in the music industry and you know, promotions. And like, for me, I've always loved adventuring and traveling and camping and Mm -hmm. being outdoors. And like, Mm -hmm. I just bought myself a damn RV. Like, what? (laughs) I mean, we're doing, we've always known what we wanted. When you look back at those kids that didn't have a clue what they wanted, we, we actually really did. You know, it's kind of cool. Well, it it goes back to that whole thing. Kat, you always say we, or Sarah, hell, it may be you. We're all just merging at this point. One of you have said before, we cry because it's true. Mm. It hurts because it matters is the one that I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's the same thing with that visceral feeling when we go back to that age and we can actually remember and like almost relive those things again. Like that wasn't happenstance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that that is part of the foundation of who we are. Right. Hmm. It's our DNA. Right. We just got to break away all of the other shit. And and here's the thing this morning I'm putting on my bra. I'm sorry, people, if that's a visual (laughs) and this pops into my head. I I do believe it is the the simple things that help us get to the deep thing. Uh, so this is what comes into my head and it was, it was as instant as like, you know how knowledge just like drops into your soul sometimes. And you're like, mm-hmm. what in the actual f- <laughs> just happened? <laughs> I had this realization. I, I've mentioned this before on the podcast. One of my Enneagram teachers said to me one time, you're the only eight I've ever met that cares what people mm. think. Oh, wow. And it always got under my skin because huh. there is a level of me sort of acting like I don't care what people think, but I ultimately am very aware of it. Hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. 
And I had this realization this morning and that was this. Maybe the reason that I care so much about what people think is because I was never really taught social norms. Hmm. Like, I don't think my mom, who was my primary parent, had the time to be like, this is how some people respond. And just so you know, I just need you to be whoever you are. I mean, she was very supportive. But like that was we didn't have a whole lot of conversation around like how to do life, if that makes sense. Mm. Mm. We were mainly just trying to get through life. Right. <laughs> right. You know, like <laughs> yeah. no disrespect. Yeah. It's just the family we grew up in. And I had this realization this morning where I was like, oh, my God, I looked to the world to tell me what is right and wrong and what is acceptable and not acceptable. Hmm. And I learned very young that if I am aware, extremely acutely aware to the point that I overthink things many times of what doesn't work in the world, then I will then understand what I should be embarrassed about, hmm. what I should have shame about, what I what is not okay and acceptable in this world. And that way I can avoid those things. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it's sort of like bouncing yep. off of the bumpers yep. so that I can be on a path that will get me further than I think I can go otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's like your, um, your survival instincts. It's like, exactly. okay, like what I'm going to do to make sure I am safe is X, Y, and Z. And that's going to be within the bumper lanes and yep. it's going to allow me to move ahead and not die. Exactly. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I saw that there was a lot of opportunity to fall into the gutters, if you will, based on maybe how I grew up, the experiences around me. And I went, nope, I mm -hmm. am going to be on the straight and narrow. <laughs> yeah. And what that looks like is not talking about this, not, you know, you know, not rocking the boat. It's a lot of the things yeah. that you see with an Enneagram nine that they do, but for me, it was more around, oh, I think there was a lot around embarrassment and shame yeah. that I learned. And what 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 that did, it did not work for me, ultimately. It created a beast of a person that is sitting here with you today <laughs> who often doesn't uh, check in with myself. Instead, I check in with the world to see what is most comfortable. Yep. Yep. It, it reminds me, gosh, I can't even like, it's like, I can't even believe we're having this conversation because of, well, I mean, I can't believe it because let's, let's be honest. There is some synchronistic magicality that happens with the cat and moose podcast and our friendship that we are just on kind of parallel paths a lot of the time. And one of the things that I've been reading um, is, you know, like I said before, this big red book or whatever. And one of the things that it says is that as a child, we learned, don't talk, don't trust, don't feel. Whoa. Wow. And if you think like, 
go here with me. Like, for example, I'm trying to teach my dog to not sleep at my feet in the bed because I'm realizing that because she sleeps at my feet and she's the size of me, like I am not getting good sleep at night. And so I'm trying to teach her to sleep in her bed. And last night I did this like gymnastics routine with my dog going, no, 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 no. Come down here. No, 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 no. Come down here. And she kept jumping up on my bed and then she would obey me and she would jump down and, and, but then she would get right back up here. It's like, this is what I belong. And if what you're taught from a very young age, just like my dog, Bell Bell has been taught from a very young age, what you do at bedtime is you get up on the end of the bed. That's what mm-hmm. you know to do. If what you're taught is don't talk, don't trust, don't feel, then that's mm-hmm. who you become. It's what we know. Gosh, man. And here's the thing, you know, to to your point about, um, you know, that book being related to people who, um, who have, you know, abused alcohol or drugs or whatever. I will also say that my mother who actually did not abuse any of that, but had two alcoholic parents, she often had the same behavior of someone who was, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what she was taught. And it's yeah. interesting because one of the things that's come up in coaching, uh, my coaching classes were, we're talking about limiting beliefs and we have the, we had to list 10. It's sounds hard to do. Hmm. Oh, try it. You could list 50 in like 15 minutes. Wow. And one of my limiting beliefs was I am too much for most people. Hmm. And it's interesting because I have started to loosen that belief because I don't, it's just something I've chosen to believe. It's not true. But in my childhood, to what you just explained, Kat, I was taught, oh, especially if it's an, a big emotion. No, 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 no. We don't, we, that's too much for right here. Yep. And I have a lot of big emotions (laughs) as you guys know. Yes. Yes. Stop right now. What you're doing. If you're driving, pull over (laughs) and we want you to pull out your phone and type in this number and send us a text. So open your messages If you're on Android, I don't know what you do. Type in some sort of code. (laughs) Who knows? Beam me up, Scotty. (laughs) All right. So get out your phone and text 1-866-528-6665. That's 1-866-528-6665. That is our phone number. You can call us. Don't worry. We don't answer. Leave a message. Or you can text us and we'll get it immediately. But we would love for you to save that number in your phone. So when you're listening, you can just pull up Cat and Moose Hotline and send us a text. And you can send us a text about anything. And you can you can text us about things you want to talk to us about. You can text us and tell us how ridiculous we are. Um, really anything you want to. We love hearing from you. That's one 528 the devil five (laughs) that's amazing okay so if you're going to call us text us put our contact info in your phone cat and moose podcast the number is 1-866-528-6665 the number is 1-866-528 the devil's favorite number five okay okay so strong emotions strong feelings when i think of the samoas when I think of the trefoils, when I think of the thin mints, there is a feeling that happens in my body that is like none other. 
Like, can you relate to this at all, Moose? Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm really super happy to talk about Girl Scout cookies at this point. Because I love a Girl Scout cookie. <laughs> By the way, worst transition ever that I just tried to do. That was amazing. <laughs> I was like, maybe she's got lunch up on the table <laughs> no. and she needs to keep moving. No. Great. <laughs> no, I just got really excited because I just saw on my phone where awesome Adam sent me a message that has a QR code attached to it, where if you scan the QR code or you click the link or whatever, it takes you to his daughter, Alana's um, Girl Scout cookie order page and she gets credited for when you buy Girl Scout cookies. And so there is a very limited time that Girl Scout cookies are available. And right now the window is open and I think it closes before the end of January. And you can go order Girl Scout cookies. And if you love the Cat and Muse podcast, if you love Austin Adam, or if you even just think he's awesome, or even if you just want some Girl Scout cookies, his daughter Alana has a goal of in the year 2022, she wants to sell 2022 boxes of Girl Scout cookies. Oh, that's fun. And so this morning I went and bought eight boxes for my household. Yeah. And so I would love to offer you guys this link. We will post it um, on our socials and share it with you and all of that. It is Girl Scout cookie time. So party on with awesome Adam's daughter, Alana. What are your guys' favorite Girl Scout cookies? The Samoa's. Are those the ones that are like kind of chewy? Yeah. With coconut? Yeah. And caramel. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good. Oh, they're so good. What do you like, Sarah? The Samoas. Oh, it's your favorite as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like some thin mints that have been in the freezer. Mm. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Those are delicious. I want some. Yes. Let's order some. Okay, two last things before we go today. I need everyone that is a listener of the Cat and Moose podcast to go watch the movie Don't Look Up. Oh, my God. I don't want to talk about it yet, Sarah. Oh. I want everyone to go listen because we are giving you a full week before we talk about it. And Kat, I need you to listen. It's like a book club, but okay. for moviegoers. <laughs> okay. I don't read or watch movies, so this is perfect. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It is one of the best movies I have seen. It is smart and full of satire and... I mean, incredible cast. And what's it about? Give us like a, a like. I can't. I just need you to trust me. <laughs> okay. okay. Because if I don't want to give it away. Okay. I trust you. It's available on Netflix. Yes. Don't look up maybe. If you need a Netflix password, email Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've got you covered. We've got you covered. <laughs> yeah, man. Don't look up. Go watch it now. I have one last thing. So we've had some drama in this household that I thought you might be able to help us with. Ooh, okay. Here I am, Coach Cat, at your service. Okay. So Kat, um, Sarah has an elderly cat named Bella. Mm -hmm. Can you give her like the overall dynamic, Sarah? I know we've talked about it in the past, but just a very brief dynamic. Um, well, let me start with this. Bella is one of the sweetest cats mm -hmm. anyone has ever met. Mm -hmm. And every time someone meets the, her, they're like, she's so sweet. Mm -hmm. She's so sweet. Well, then I got two kittens mm -hmm. and all of a sudden Bella is not so sweet. 
she is angry at the cats all the time and she tolerates them like there's no fights but she's kind of pissed all the time now she mm-hmm. just like does this is the noise she makes <laughs> <laughs> At everyone. Okay. She's just mad. So this morning, Sarah found a rogue shit (laughs) on a piece of paper in another bedroom. Uh, She is refusing to use the toilet now. So I caught her peeing on something in the hallway. Uh, And I'm like, what? I mean, just right in front of me, like a a towel or something, like a rug, something. And then, yeah, I wake up this morning and there, there was a like some shipping, you know, like something you would wrap something up in. It was on the floor. The dogs, I'm sure, had played with it. And she had like carefully covered up her shit <laughs> with a piece of bubble wrap. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, that is like a big old F you. The next step is I'm going to be pooping on your pillow tomorrow. Oh, hands down. <laughs> so her face before we got the cats looked like this. And this is her face now. <laughs> so after the rogue cat shit that was found, we find her sitting on the landing of the stairs. You know, our stairs go like up a few steps, then there's a landing and then up more to upstairs. Mm-hmm. And she's mm-hmm. just sitting on the landing staring like, you know how they <laughs> she's just like real puffed out sitting there like she owns the place. Mm-hmm. So she's sitting there like she's the queen and every person or animal that walks by she just has this look on her face that's like you and then the next person walks by it's like you too and you know it was like that moment i realized i think i'm a cat oh (laughs) that's fantastic you know like they they're cool i mean they can be cool for like 12 years Mm -hmm. but the minute you cross them you know what i mean like oh yeah i know what you mean all bets are off yeah I don't want to cross anybody in my life because it's just kind of anti my personality. I definitely don't want to cross the eights in my life. Like I really, really don't at all costs. The thing is, is I think that Bella feels crossed. Right. So, so coach cat, what do we do? Well, my instruction and teaching comes from a background of body work and mind body acupressure. So Sarah, are you willing to take a journey with me? Yes. Oh, great. Okay, Sarah, I would love for you to close your eyes if you are willing. And if you're not willing, I would love for you to set your gaze on something stationary that is not moving. And I would love for you to take this time to Allow your thoughts and allow your mind to drop down into your body. Let your mind go from the very, very top of your head. Allow it to go down into your jaw, into your throat, into your chest, into your stomach, into your hara, into your thighs, your knees, your calves, your feet, your toes. And as you wiggle your toes... Just let all of your thoughts and concerns just go out the tips of your toes. And now I would like for you to find yourself in a place where you feel fully in your body, 
like you're aware of maybe the temperature, maybe the air on your skin. And I would like for you to consider that you are in a very safe place and it's you and it's Bella. And I would love for you to think about the ways tangibly, physically, that you and Bella have connected over the time you've known each other. Mm-hmm. Does she enjoy your pets? Mm-hmm. Is it a belly rub? Mm-hmm. Are you talking to her? Mm-hmm. What are the ways? All of those things. Lots of cuddles and pets and talks and kisses. Mm, kisses. And I would like for you to imagine your home, your current home, with two dogs, mm. two kittens, mm-hmm. a moose, mm. and Bella. Mm-hmm. Is there a place in your home that can mimic this safe place that you have found while paying attention to your body? Mm-mm. Is there a place that could be transformed into a safe place like what you found in your body? Mm-hmm. Okay. Would like for you to grab those thoughts that came out the tips of your toes and put them back in your toes and let them come back up your calves and up your thighs and through your hara and Ooh. through your chest Ooh. and back up into your throat, back up into your head and come back into reality with Cat and Moose recording the Cat and Moose podcast. And Coach Cat has something to say. I think whatever the place is in your house that can be transformed into that safe place, I would invite you to consider creating that space and inviting time for you and Bella to have snuggles and pets and talks and kisses, just the two of you. Okay. Hmm. Very good. Thank you. I agree. Can I also drop about $700 on a fancy litter box? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. Thank you, patrons, for providing for Sarah's sanity and for (laughs) reconciliation with Bella. (laughs) I I will get my Kickstarter set up by the end of the week. (laughs) That's amazing. I'm telling you, the body knows everything. The body knows everything that you need. You just have to listen to it. Speaking of the body, I feel so pedestrian. I feel so not special because last week, despite being triple vaccinated, I got COVID. Yeah. You know what, though? I am so freaking grateful how this has been for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I am too. I am so grateful because my symptoms were mild. I was down for like three days and cat being down is like the energizer bunny marching at like a steady speed. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, normally I'm like, and like me being down was like, K-bunk, K-bunk, yeah, you were still working. K-bunk. I was still working. I was still going. Um, and, and so all of that to say, I feel really bummed and really not special. Cause I feel like I've done all the things to escape COVID and whatever. Um, 
I have a question for you though. Um, I'm supposed to go to school tomorrow night, Monday night. And when I tested positive for COVID, it was on Tuesday of last week. So should I be in touch with my instructors to get permission about going to school tomorrow night or because of the latest CDC recommendations, should I just plan to go to school? I think if you feel okay and you have tested pot, sorry, you've tested <laughs> negative. <laughs> if you've tested negative since, which you have, mm-hmm. as I understand it, I think you're good, honestly. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Also, I think a, most of your uh, professors listen to the podcast, so they're going to know anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, so my question was, you know, and, and so when I, when I posed this question to another friend of mine, um, she said to me, I think you're being overdramatic. And I said, why? And she said, well, the CDC recommends that if you test positive for COVID that for five days you quarantine. And then if you test negative after that, that you can go back out into the world, you can work and all that. You just have to wear a mask as long as you feel good, as long as you test negative. And I said, great. I said, but I saw a meme the other day that said the CDC recommends that you now start wiping from back to front. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we should wipe from back to front, by the way. That seems very... I do not agree with that recommendation. (laughs) I mean, we learned that at like age three, maybe two, which to me is, is like, it's not dramatic for me to want to check in with my teacher tomorrow and go, Hey, do you want me to come to class or not? Because like the latest I've read from the CDC is to wipe from back to front. And I know that's not a good idea. (laughs) I think you should just ask your teacher, dear teacher, I had COVID. I tested negative, just an FYI. But do you agree with the CDC that I should start wiping from back to front? (laughs) And and I think I got COVID because I wiped from back to front. (laughs) Per their recommendation. Hey, back in the day, my mother, Bonnie, would often say, anytime we got sick, well, did you sit on a public toilet seat? (laughs) (laughs) You guys have been saying that from day one with COVID. <laughs> Amazing. God rest your soul, Bonnie. <laughs> Special thanks to our producer, Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. Production.